Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. <laughs> I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. The latest tips and equipment to improve your game. The latest from the leaderboards and your favorite courses. This is Golf in the Northwest, an action-packed hour about everything golf. Brought to you on the fan by Laurelhurst Market. More than just your family neighborhood steakhouse. Now with award-winning PGA professional Harold Bluestein. here's your host, Jason Swigard. And a fine good morning to you all. First and foremost, uh, we hope everyone is safe and out of harm's way. Our hearts go out to those who have uh, suffered loss here. Uh, over the last week and a really unprecedented set of circumstances as somebody who's been grown and raised here for nearly 50 years. I've never seen anything like this, uh, just what people are having to deal with. And uh, we will discuss golf over the next hour with the understanding that there's a lot more pressing issues going on for many of us here in the area. Shine for an otherwise really difficult time for many people. Um, Swag, you and I have been in the area. I've been here since 1980. I haven't seen anything like this. Uh, this is quite a challenge for those people uh, south of us, but even those of us here in Portland, Vancouver area experiencing all the smoke uh, is very difficult. Um, we did have uh, some bright spots uh, coming into uh, this week, uh, even though we're in the midst of a pandemic. It's uh, what could go worse in 2020. I'm not quite sure, uh, but it has really tested all of our resolve and our ability to um, appreciate uh, the ones we love and our neighbors. And as it uh, relates to golf, I know that I've, I've seen some uh Graphic photos, frightening photos of how close uh, the fires have gotten to courses throughout the state. Tokatee, I know uh, mm-hmm. one of the fires there in Central Oregon got close. To, uh, Dusty was telling me Centennial Golf Course down in Southern Oregon uh, was uh, dangerously close to some of the fires in the Medford uh, Ashland area. 
Uh, I believe the, the 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 golf course out there on Chinook or right near Chinook Winds, uh, off 10 or 18 as it merges with 101, was uh, in the line of fire there. Hopefully, it's uh, uh, not the damage isn't too great, but uh, we know uh, fires that the Shehalem uh, Bald Peak fire. I don't think that's near Shehalem Glen, but Stone Creek has had to close mostly due to air quality. But uh, Oregon City is frightfully close to uh, fire lines. Uh, with fires in Estacada and, and Malala. So uh, certainly while we want everybody uh, their safety, we hope uh, the the year's been tough enough for golf courses just trying to uh, stay afloat, hopefully getting rounds out there without tournaments and food and beverage and all the normal things that uh, golf courses need to thrive. So hopefully uh, they'll be able to, once this stuff blows out, it's going to be a few more days sounding like from the weather reports, but uh, the courses will all be okay in managing. Yeah, I will be back at it again here uh, in a couple of days. As I understand, with with uh, possible rain next week, uh, intermittent rain, that's really going to help those firefighters. I give them an awful lot of credit and a big, huge thank you for putting yes. their lives on the line out there. Uh, I can't imagine how difficult that is for them uh, knowing that, and many of them are local firefighters, yeah. knowing that their families are in danger also. Yep. Uh, kudos to them. No question. Uh, our hearts go out to you, and uh, hopefully there will be uh, – it, it's tough. There's not much uh, you can do to support right now. I know the American Red Cross uh, and the local chapters taking cash donations if you can uh, uh, afford to – to spare a few shekels, uh, that's probably the best way mm-hmm. they will be able to get the supplies uh, uh, to people that have been displaced, what the firefighters need out there to support. They're asking not to bring necessarily items, uh, but cash right now is what they need. So uh, that being said, we will forge on with golf. A lot to get to today. Uh, excited to catch up with Elliot Waxman, uh, one of our friends of the show. You've heard him uh, throughout the years. Uh, a uh, Certified, uh, uh, what's his sports psychologist and uh, sports performance, sports performance, correct? Uh, it is sports, uh, Portland sports psychology.com is the website. He works with a lot of uh, local high school, college teams, individuals uh, on the mental approach and the mental preparation for top performance. So, we're looking forward to talking to him at 8 30 in our tip segment. Uh, so much going on, quite a, a wild finish to the PGA Tour season, the Tour Championship, uh, the top names. It was fun to see the top four ranked players uh, go at it. And then uh, Xander Shoffley making a charge. Uh, I imagine he, I don't know if he moved up into the top five in the in the golf uh, world golf rankings, but he's somebody that's certainly considered a top 10. Oh, I'll tell you what, he was seven behind starting the day and he almost caught Dustin Johnson. Uh, Xander Shoffley, if you've got a little bit of money, extra money, that uh, throw it down for Xander uh, Shoffley at the U.S. Open. I think that's a very, very good bet. This kid's playing great golf. He, the The stage doesn't seem to affect him. No, and he keeps being there and being there, so he's more used to it. Yeah, three top uh, top five finishes in the playoffs. I, I believe that's uh, correct. Uh Top three, three career top three finishes in in the uh, playoffs. That's that's bringing it when you're supposed to bring it. And yep. I I think going and at 
difficult golf courses and at less difficult golf courses, Xander Shoffley uh, can play, uh, and he's got a great all-around game. No question. So that's going on. Uh, the LPGA is uh, surviving the heat down there in Mission Hills. Uh, for their first major of the season, the ANA Inspiration. And maybe we're seeing the coming out party of the next great American female golfer. Uh, so much to get to. And the PGA of America awards their tour or their player of the year on the PGA Tour. And uh, I'm confused. And it's different from the PGA Tour player of the year, which is voted on by the players. And so Harold and I are going to get into that in a little bit, too. Yeah, yeah, we will. I, I'm not real happy about how they, the PGA of America came to this decision. Uh, you've got, and, and we'll get into it a little bit. And but. plus, uh, Harold survived uh, my round of golf on Monday. We played together for the first time in quite some time, and it was, uh, oh, it was a harrowing experience for him. But uh. <laughs> I did survive. Uh, we're going to talk to Elliot Waxman and how coaches survive the uh, failures and the successes yes. of their of their students as well as uh what i need to go back and and work on as well so lots to get to here we always uh, get started by going inside the ropes it's time for an insider's look at the leaderboards the latest on all tours plus local golf events and golf news this is inside the ropes part of golf in the northwest We'll start with the European Tour. Uh, last week at one of the tougher courses they play, Valderrama in Spain, uh, American, John Catlin, uh, he held off Martin Keimer down the stretch. I believe the winning score was two over par, but he gets his first uh, European Tour championship. And, uh, and he's right back in it, a six under 65 today, vaulting him up currently in a tie for ninth as they are in Portugal for the Portugal Masters. Uh, a young French uh, French player, Julian Guerrier, who comes in ranked 667th in the world, uh, is your leader at 12 under, but he's two over today, maybe feeling uh, the crunch a little bit, uh, never being in this position uh, on the European tour. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that is a tough uh, place to come from out of nowhere, but that's what we see a lot of. And there's a lot of Cinderella stories in golf over the years. Uh, I watched uh, Catlin play last week, and he played quite solidly. Um, Martin Keimer kind of handed him the tournament, uh, but it's good to see Martin Keimer back. He's making mistakes on the golf course that we're not used to seeing a, a major champion make, but uh, it's again, it's good to see him back. No question, and uh, it's good to see as, as – Important as it is to see how young players or players that are in position to win for the first time on a, on a tour, stepping up in competition, handle the pressure on a Sunday coming down the stretch, uh, especially on a difficult course like Valderrama. Yeah. I mean, usually the European courses you're used to seeing 12, 15, 18 under par for a lot of them, uh, but they finished over par there. Uh, but it's almost, okay, now how do you handle winning? He comes back. Uh, he had a seven, even par 72 to open up, but then 69, 65 in his last two rounds. So his game is in a good place. So his game is okay, but mentally, and then the extra, uh, all the extra stuff that comes on top of being a winner for the first time, you see him be able to process it and not let it affect his game. Yeah, and it comes down to, uh, I know Elliot knows a little bit more, has a little more insight into some of uh, how uh, confidence uh, can really 
propel you to the next level. Yes. The same way lack of confidence just well, blows it'll bury you, you. Yeah, and and so it's it's good to see a player building. Oftentimes, when it's a new experience like this and a new win, the adrenaline level is so high that it can absolutely exhaust you, and and physically bring you down and when you get on physically then emotionally you could you drift down also uh he's maintaining it he keeps that adrenaline level yeah. up he, he's looking at another good tournament well yeah because uh he jumped near the top 30 in the race to dubai their season ending uh tournament and it's uh also propelled him up he's now 145th ranked golfer in the world so once you start getting in the top 150 and close to top 100 you're starting to look at wgc events and absolutely all sorts of yeah. uh, things like that the corn Ferry tour uh is continuing even though it had its sort of tour championship uh, some tournaments that were postponed during uh, when everything was shut down for COVID, they're replaying them. The Evan Scholars Invitational in Westchester, Illinois. Uh, they started round three. Right now, they are suspended due to inclement weather. But a couple of guys looking for their first Corn Ferry Tour victories. Brad Brunner, who's a uh, journeyman. He's at 11 under. Tied with Curtis Thompson, one of Lexi's two older brothers. Uh, from the golf playing family. They're both at 11 under. Last week, it was Brett Druitt, Australian journeyman, gets his first win in his 116th career start on the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, on Fa Father's Day in Australia is different. It's the first Saturday or first weekend in September, not the third Sunday in June as it is in the United States. So uh, Why is that? I, I don't know. That's really interesting. So every country has a different Father's Day. Is that what you're I, saying? I, apparently so. Okay. I don't know. What... But, yeah, he's got a young 18-month-old at home. Got to celebrate Father's Day with his awesome. first Corn Ferry Tour victory. And, uh, yeah, that moved him right up into the mix of things. He went from 73rd to 18th on the Corn Ferry Tour point standing. Boy, you are just full of stats this morning. I've uh, been up since 5. I've been doing research. Yeah, drinking coffee. So that's uh, – and I didn't hear a hole-by-hole -hole replay of your golf this week because I happened to be there witnessing it. Yeah. So that was a relief for me. I could <laughs> enjoy the morning. So, yeah, Brad Rudder, <laughs> Curtis uh, Thompson, now a uh, longtime uh, PGA Tour, Corn Ferry Tour veteran, Rico Hoey's at 10 under par. Uh, you've got then Steven Yeager at 9 under in a big group, Adam Svensson, uh, Mito Pereira, is at eight under par, so uh, some more familiar names there. Let's take a break. Lots to get into with the LPGA Tour, who's going to be in Portland next week for the Cambia uh, Classic, even though uh, fans won't be able to attend. Uh, but uh, they're dialing it up. Their first major, the ANA Inspiration at Mission, Mission Hills Country Club. And then, of course, the PGA Tour, no offseason. They have the Tour Championship. That season's done. The new season starts this week at the Safeway Open uh, down in Napa. Uh, one of the four tournaments, uh, our buddy Jeff Sanders uh, runs and operates uh, for Sport 5. So we'll get into those as well as wrapping up the Tour Championship. Dustin Johnson, not named the PGA of America Player of the Year. Uh, Harold will try to explain how that came to be as we get going. <laughs> Thanks. It's Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. You want to get back up? 817 here this morning. Elliot Waxman going to join us at uh, 830 in the Ask the Pros segment. Talk about the uh, the mental approach to the game. You all right over there, Harold? Yeah. You're um, looking for Will? No. <laughs> yeah. You got my mic on. <laughs> <laughs> 
I had to ask him why he missed turning it on, yeah. turning it off. That's he's doing, okay. He's a lot okay. of distractions here this week, no question. It, it's it's been a distracting time, uh, and uh, it's it's uh, really test your re- like I said earlier, test your resolve to stay on task and to, and just to deal with one day at a time. That's uh, that's pretty much uh, what we've got cooking, and uh, kind of similar. There's a lot of analogies that can be drawn from golf. It's one hole at a time. It's one shot at a time. You have to let one shot go, accept what happened, and then uh, assess where you're at and move on. So, uh, And we move on to the LPGA. So they were off last week, first major of the year, temperatures uh, skyrocketing out there in the desert south California at Mission Hills for the ANA Inspiration, the old Nabisco Dinosaur. Nellie Corda is your leader, 11 under par. She has a two-shot lead over Miriam Lee. Then it's four shots back to Lexi Thompson, and uh, Nana Kurtz-Madsen of Denmark. Uh, and many are thinking, many have been expecting Nelly, who has the game, the younger sister of Jessica Corda, uh, who maybe is more athletically talented than Jessica, just hasn't put it all quite together yet. But 44 putts, uh, 28 of 36 greens in regulation. She hit 13 of 14 fairways uh, in her second round. And... Uh, no three putts. She's she's cruising. Yeah, she uh, she's she's been known to be a, a really good ball striker for quite some time. The stat that uh, I'm looking at is number one. No, she was bogey free. So was Miriam Lee. That's that's not easy to do uh, in the heat and such. Uh, but her putting and she's was working with her uh, swing coach uh, Justin Sheehan on her putting specifically, kind of the way uh, Dustin Johnson said, wait a minute, i got to be a better putter. Uh, the problem with Nellie was that she didn't think she was a good putter. They did make a physical change, though. They She went to cross-handed, so left-hand low um, for the right-handers here. Uh, and sometimes just switching up like that can make a big difference. The difference between a right-hand low and a left-hand low uh, putter is that a left-hand low putter uh, pulls and drags the putter through impact. Uh, a right-hand low putter hits the ball more with the right hand. Push, pushes pushes yeah. the club head through. A, a, exactly. So uh, I think with a right-hand low, you'll see more of an accelerated stroke. With the left-hand low, you'll see more of a pendulum type of stroke. That's not necessarily true for everyone. But she changed that and consequently she's avoided three putts and the 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 thing that she did that was impressive is when she was in trouble she made two long par saving putts uh, again like Dustin Johnson on the 13th hole mm-hmm. where he needed to make what about a 20 footer to save par that can really keep a round and momentum going she did the same thing uh, made an 18-footer and a 25-footer. Um, so, miss hit shots, gets up on the green and able to save a par. I can tell you as a as a uh, a, a professional myself, uh, sometimes making a a long putt for a bogey and a par can really set the tone for the rest of the round and make you feel like, wait a minute, 
I I can play. I can I can score as long as I can make that putt. Yeah. Uh, and I had the confidence to make it. I can make any putt, and I can and I can play well. So she's that's what she went through. Yeah, she's out there again. Uh, those forty-four putts were on greens and regulation. So fifty-three putts overall through two rounds. That leads the entire field. Yep. Uh, and if you're hitting greens at nearly eighty percent clip, that means you're not, you know, put, you're not putting for par, trying to save par or bogey. You're putting for birdies. If she gets that piece of her game down, she's plenty long, nearly six feet tall like her sister, so she's averaging 273, 275 yards in the drive measured driving distance, which is plenty of distance on the LPGA Tour. Could she be finally the one that takes over? Lexi had been the default best American female for so long, but uh, many think she should be winning more, and putting has been her bugaboo. Uh, in what's keeping her, because she powers it. She's as long as anybody on the on the women's tour. Well, it, Lexi kind of is like a, a Bryce Duchambeau. They they impress you with their length. Uh, they struggle a little bit around the greens and on the greens, uh, and and that's something that she has to clean up. I don't think Lexi Thompson, by any stretch, is uh, is going to be in anyone's shadow. Uh, she's really just still a, a top American player. Uh, it's good to see Nellie come up and play well, and this is her first opportunity uh, with and the first time to have a 36-hole lead in a major or it, because she's yeah. never won one. So I like to see the fact uh, – I like to see a player like her who's been around a little while uh, step up to that next level. Whether she's going to be the next great thing for on the American side, not sure. Uh, I look down the leaderboard to players who haven't played well, like Christina Kim. She's out of nowhere at five under. Uh, good to see her back also. Yep. So the Americans are looking pretty strong. Uh, Daniel Kang, uh, with a win here, could take over number one in the world. Uh, she's a ways back now at five under. She's going to need some help from those yeah. at the top falling back. Well, she's only two shots out of a tie for third, so this is really about if Lee or Corda has a great third round today mm -hmm. and puts some distance, then it could become the two of those maybe a match play event in the final round. If they struggle, if conditions are such, and they come back to the field a little bit, then it's going to be a horse race on Sunday. Yeah, it definitely will be. This is pretty exciting stuff, and yeah. the, it is really hot down there, and expecting temperatures to go up in Close like, to 120. It's insane. Can, who I can't play. In I don't that know. Way. They've got the caddies are being allowed to have carts. They got volunteer brigades with uh, ice towels and water and stuff for everybody. You still so, got to play. Yeah, that's that's hard. And the the players still have to walk it. So the caddies are being allowed to use carts uh, so that they don't get heat heat stroke, heat exhaustion, that sort of thing. So uh, should be a fun one to watch there. As for the PGA Tour, we mentioned the new season starting uh, just as soon as the uh, previous season ended with the Safeway Open. Our buddy Sanders is down there in Napa uh, making the best of it. Sam Burns, the former LSU Tiger, 15 under par, 64-65. Uh, as they are playing uh, down there in Napa, uh, tearing it up, 
Harry Higgs, who had a walk-off albatross to finish his round yesterday. Can you believe that? 10 under 62 to get to 13 under par. Cameron Percy and Russell Knox, DJ Trahan, all 12 under. Scott Harrington, our good buddy here from Portland. Uh, he had it to 10 under, but a couple of bogeys finishing up yesterday knocked him back to 8 under. He's still tied for 17th. Phil uh, had a better round in round two, a 5 under 67. So he is 6 under playing this weekend trying to figure out he still can't find the fairway and if he can't straighten out the driver here in the next two rounds he's got no shot at Wingfoot. well you know phil and Wingfoot have a history but uh you're right he'll have no chance because i've heard the rough is obscene like four inches or something obscene for well they're, the, US they're Open. the usga is going to cut that back i I've, I've heard no i've heard they're gonna just let him suffer uh, I well, I've read a couple of things. One said that there's the rumor is that they're going to cut it back, and I I think they should. We can talk about the uh, the the U.S. Open and the in the uh, history of the USGA making golf courses almost unplayable. Uh, they're kind of manufacturing yeah. difficult, and I don't think that's necessary uh, to do that. Uh, Still, though, Phil's going to have to hit fairways, whether it's two-and-a-half-inch rough or four-inch rough. he only hit four out of 14 yesterday. And yeah. still, I mean, that's how good his short – we all know about his short game, and he gets the putter going and what he can do around the greens, but he's not going to have that ability because there's 480, 500-yard par fours for the USGA. So while this course only playing – it's not playing ridiculously long. Right. So even if you're off the fairway, you can still gouge a wedge out of there and give yourself a chance. You're not going to have that fortune fortune at the U.S. Open. No, you're certainly not. And and also we've got too many good players who are playing well, and DJ being one of them, uh, Justin Thomas and others. I mentioned Xander Shoffley. You've got some players who are, are really want to win this U.S. Open. Uh Tiger Woods has no chance. Uh, no. Phil has no chance unless he can get it in play. But even if Phil does, uh, I think it's going to be very difficult for him to to win that lone major that he has yet to win. Yep, yep. Uh, Dustin Johnson wins the Tour Championship. He gets that staggered start lead after accumulating the most FedEx Cup points. Xander Shoffley tried to hunt him down, but uh, Dustin too much. Once he figured out how to find the fairways on Saturday and Sunday, uh, he was just striping it. He got that little, uh, you know, bullet baby fade that he's mastered. He just go to, doesn't matter if it's a dog leg right or left. He, when he gets that dialed in and can carry it 310, I, what are you supposed to do? Well, 310 is not a baby fade. <laughs> I can tell you. We call it more of a power fade. And he makes it look easy, so you can might consider it a kind of a, a baby fade. Uh, and baby so much as it doesn't slice. Uh, keep in mind that a slice that hits the fairway is a fade. Okay? Well, and a I hook do. that hits the fairway is a draw. Yes. Yeah, that's the way you, you uh But he's able to seemingly control it where it goes precisely where he wants it to. He knows yeah. how much it's going to curve and where he's got to aim to bring it back. Yeah, we have a misconception about uh, Dustin Johnson and, and the way he plays golf and his demeanor on the golf course. And I've, through this last tournament 
and and the playoffs, there was a little more information given out on his his personal side. Yeah. This guy's very intense. He is a thinker. He does plan uh he does things in a certain way. He has certain routines that he follows. And we see this guy's, you know, kind of swagger and moving down the fairway, so relaxed without, like, nothing in the world bothers him. But he admitted he was very nervous, uh, particularly on the back nine. He felt it. He stayed within himself. And I think that Dustin Johnson grew up on the back nine mm. Uh, in the tour championship, uh, and well, now went, knows he can win a big uh, another major. Yeah, he publicly stated it was important. This was something that was important to him. He felt in his resume, in his legacy, to have on the docket uh, that he won a FedEx Cup, and he stated that publicly, which is not something he had done previously. But everybody wants to win majors. That sure, that's no big sure. deal. But he this had a certain extra importance to him with where he was and what he wanted to have on his resume, he usually doesn't discuss those things publicly as he had. And so the fact that he went out and closed it, um, hopefully he gets rest this week. He's not playing, obviously, after playing, I don't know how many straight weeks he played going down the stretch. Uh, but I, I have to think he's an overwhelming favorite at Wingfoot. Well, I would th- I would think so. And you bring up a, an important issue. You know, it was only two months ago at the Memorial. He uh, 80, 80. Bye-bye. Yeah. And, and then the next week, shoot 78 and had a withdrawal because of a bad back. So uh, if he can stay healthy, uh, unlike Brooks Koepka, uh, I think Dustin Johnson would be a an odds-on favorite. Although you have... You have John Rahm. Oh, the fields and are he, insane. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Justin Thomas, who made a shot at it, uh, Xander Shoffley, uh, Rory. Yeah. Uh, if he if Rory can avoid the one bad round, he seems that that seems to be his thing. He'll just have one round where it just he can't score. Well, it's difficult to pay attention for four rounds. I don't know if if uh, the everyday golfer appreciates how difficult it is to to remain in focus, uh, stay in your routine, uh, avoid distractions for four rounds. That's a lot of golf. Well, we're going to talk to somebody who knows a lot about that next. Elliot Waxman, a sports psychologist, is going to join us as we make the turn here. It's Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. Tips for your game from award-winning PGA instructor Harold Bluestein. It's time to Ask the Pro on Golf in the Northwest. Brought to you on the fan by Laurelhurst Market. 8.33 here this morning. Center and Saint to follow us. And then later this evening, it will be uh, Lakers-Rockets basketball for you. 4.30 pregame uh, tip just after 5. And, of course, tomorrow morning, uh, Seahawks open up the 2020 NFL season, 8 a.m. pregame, 10 o'clock kick at the Atlanta Falcons. That's the lineup here on the fan this weekend. But right now, very uh, pleased to have returning to the show one of our good friends, Elliot Waxman. Uh, PortlandSportPsychology.com is where you can uh, learn more about him, but a certified mental performance consultant uh, with an MA in sports psychology from Arizona. Elliot, uh, good morning. First of all, uh, hopefully uh, you are well and uh, safe uh, considering everything that's been going on around us. 
Yeah, Harold, Jason, good morning. Uh, thank you for the invite. Love to chat with you guys. Well, no, we always appreciate uh, uh, when we have a chance to catch up with you. And uh, I know you've been working with a lot of uh, local athletes uh, and teams at all levels, uh, youth, high school, uh, college, and, and some professionals. But uh, what we're witnessing here uh, specific to golf, uh, what we've seen, we were just discussing Dustin Johnson uh, who uh, kind of revealed a little bit more behind the scenes with his win at the uh, Tour Championship and the FedEx Cup, uh, being a little more vocal about things that are important to him to get accomplished. And even though it looks like he's uh, out there for a Sunday stroll, how intense he is inside, how big a deal is that uh, to perform not only at that level, but just get the most uh, for recreational golfers. What are some of the things that maybe you picked up that are key to his ability to focus and perform? Yeah, well, we watch these golfers perform and they make it look so easy. But oftentimes we forget that these guys are human. And the outside factors, whether it's weather or social justice or family, whatever it may be, these factors really impact a golfer and we have to remember that they're human and really recognize and even admire that much more of what they're doing and how they're performing. So Elliot, I've got to ask you, I, I sent you an email a couple of weeks ago and in, in a panic, the, uh, and I said, my goodness, I need help. And I still will <laughs> give you a holler. I, for most golfers, the, it is said that the longest walk in golf is the one between the driving range and the first tee. And so I have a great deal of, like most players, I have a great deal of freedom uh, on the driving range, and I get to the first tee. Now, I played enough where, you know, I, I don't panic. Uh, my co-host does, but I don't. Uh, but I also don't carry the same mentality onto the golf course as I did on the driving range. How do I make that, that jump? Harold, if I had a dollar for every time you threw uh, your colleagues under the bus, I'd be retired on the beach in Mexico here. Yeah. And so, I do get a dollar for every time I throw them under the bus. <laughs> no, no. Great question. In all seriousness, yes, it is a long walk from uh, right to the tee box there, that, that first uh, opening drive there. And we have to be smart. And just like we talk about course management and making smart, uh, educated decisions, well, same goes with the pre-round decisions. And what I mean by that is we have to prepare as well as we can for that first tee box. How do we do that? Well, we have to train and practice with distractions and with pressure. And we see this with basketball players. So, for example, when we practice free throws, a coach may add music or uh, distractions, yelling crowd noise or something like that. We see it with airline pilots and Air Force pilots where they get into a simulation cockpit and they have to perform under pressure with lights and sirens and, and whatnot. Well, why don't we take those strategies and apply it to the golf course? And what that might look like is practicing difficult shots on the range, adding little competition drills to add pressure, make it um, you have to shoot X amount of uh, shots here or there and make it a competition. Um, add some pressure, add some distraction elements 
So therefore, when we hit that first tee box, we don't have that huge amount of pressure and weight. We've already done that earlier in the morning, and therefore we are much more composed and much more mentally tough. So in other words, train with pressure, train with distraction. So I need my wife to, or someone to yell in my backswing when I'm on the driving range so I'm ready for the first tee. Exactly. <laughs> well, I've often said that uh, it's important to play, uh, practice like we will play. So uh, I try to hit draws, fades. I've got a, uh, a grandson, gets on the driving range. The first thing he says to me is, Grandpa, what club are you hitting and where are you going with it? And he's he's, you know, 11 and 12 years old, he's saying, all right, which way are you going? So he has this really unique young approach to playing golf. And I think the older player uh, like myself and like Jason, we get into the mechanics of it uh, a little too much. So how do we differentiate? When do we cut off the mechanics and, and when do we get into kind of a free flow of playing? Yeah, it's that tricky balance you're talking about, Harold, that the balance of mechanics versus the free-flowing, fun playing. And there's research behind that. And I'm fortunate enough to have gone through grad school and kind of been familiarized with that research. And it suggests that our human brain can only focus on one or two things. So when we talk about a backswing or balance or mechanics, we can't have a jumbled mind of five or six strategies. No, no, no. We have to keep our mind on one or two focal points. So for example, I want to focus on my balance right now on my swing. My balance is really important. And then keeping that left arm nice and straight and smooth. So those two points are what my focus should be. And after that, it just gets too jumbled up. Elliot Waxman is our guest uh, certified uh, mental performance consultant uh, with his uh, group Portland Sports Psychology here in town. Uh, the uh, a very very proud Lincoln Cardinal here from uh, PIL Country, and uh, so somebody Harold is trying to help me reinvent my swing uh, so that it resembles something that looks like a golfer and not a hacker. Uh, I've spent uh, most of the first part of the year uh, reshaping my body, losing 40 pounds, and so now I can make a more athletic maneuver. Uh, so when you're going through that, though, when you do go out, you do you want to see results, you want to uh, understand to, to perform and keep track of that and score, having been an athlete, you know, at younger and understanding there's a score, and that's how you keep track if you're improving or not. But what do what do I need to allow myself to do to not add extra pressure when you're going through a big change like this? Yeah, well, great question, uh, Jason. And golfers and all of us really get hung up on the results and the score. And I always joke with clients, well, that's one way to measure success, right? The scoreboard, the scorecard, okay, that's one number. Well, what are other ways to measure and track success, especially when we're making adjustments? Well, I talk with my clients about the percentage of times you perform your pre-shot routine. We need that to be 70, 80, 90%. So what I mean by that is when you get up to make a putt or even a swing, how, how often, how frequently are you going through each and every step to be focused and be prepared and take that breath and do your routine 
before that putt. And if we can get that number up to 90%, then I will live with those results. That process will lead to a quality scorecard later in the afternoon. So, in other words, the golf scorecard is one number, but we have to track other things. Pre-shot routine percentage, fairway percentage, two putts, things like this. And we need to focus on the mini process, which will lead us to the results. And that you stole the uh, question right out of my head there because I was going to ask you how important is a routine? It's absolutely important. And why does it help us? It helps us breathe, and that gives us oxygen to our brain and muscles. Therefore, we're much more smooth on our backswing. It also oxygen helps us make better decisions. So we need to take that deep breath on the pre-shot routine. And there's, of course, many ways to do the pre-shot routine. And there's, in, a, in some sense, there's no right or wrong answers uh, because everyone is so different and every golfer will have his or her own routine. But I really hope that the breath is involved. So is the routine, for me, it's physical, number one. It's also visual, number two. Uh, so I step behind the ball, I look out, and I visualize the shot I want to hit. I've, I've already selected the club and the type of shot. Uh, and then I approach the ball, and I've had uh, – you believe in, in your players hitting the ball as soon as they get to it or in several seconds, or do you want them standing over the ball for 15 seconds? Yeah, that's a great question. Every golfer will be different in that regard. Mm -hmm. What I would suggest is whatever it is, keep it the same. Keep it consistent. Tiger Woods would talk about how consistent that time frame would be for him. No matter if it's the biggest shot of his afternoon or the season or if it's a practice round. Whatever, however long it takes, however seconds it takes for you to address the ball and get over the ball and, and feel comfortable – do that every shot and make consistency a big part of your routine. For more uh, information or if uh, people want to get in touch, uh, get uh, more detailed uh, services from you, what's the best way to get in touch with you, Elliot? Yeah, well, I'd love for your listeners to get my free newsletter every month. So that's free tips, free strategies, free videos coming right to your inbox all for free every month. Uh, I have things like mental toughness, or how to visualize correctly, or how to rebound from errors. And so the best way to find all that, all those tools is just my website and the monthly newsletters. There you go, PortlandSportsPsychology.com. Uh, you can get all the links and uh, find out more about uh, whether it's team workshops or individual services, uh, what Elliot uh, might be able to help you with. Elliot, we always appreciate the time. Uh, stay safe. Hopefully uh, things will start clearing out. People can get back on the golf courses here sometime next week and uh, uh, stay safe and sound. Absolutely. Thank you guys very much for the opportunity. Hopefully talk soon. You bet, Elliot Waxman, uh, sports psychologist there. We always appreciate uh, some time and thoughts with him. And, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's discuss a little bit more about some of those things as it uh, pertains to me specifically when we come back as uh, we wrap things up. Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. 
Which new driver is best for your game? Who makes the best golf gear? Where should you take your next golf vacation? Which local course should you get to know better? This is the business of golf every week on Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. 847 here as we uh, come down the uh, finishing stretch of another golf in the Northwest, uh, an odd, odd week uh, on the fan text line. Just a couple of things. And uh, one of our uh, listeners uh, loving the golf show. Please don't forget to tell everyone golf is supposed to be fun. And, yeah. And that is sometimes, yep. and, and I responded, that is sometimes one of the hardest pieces, especially when you're trying so hard to figure out how to get better. Look, birdies are more fun than bogeys. Well, they just are. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely. And it depends on how you define fun. Uh, for some of us, we define fun. For me personally, I define it as a challenge. I, For me, when I'm challenged, I'm having a great time. Uh, and that yeah. can be dangerous because now uh, my focus is on the result. And uh, the result of a shot or the result, uh, as Elliot was saying, just focusing yeah. on the score and so it's a fine line you you well for me it's 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 somewhat similar but for me i define it as achievement okay which in part comes down to score right but achievement in terms of accomplishing a goal or you know overcoming the challenge or whatever the case may be yeah and, and, and when so you're spinning your wheels some time working through the process it becomes, uh, you know, a little bit overbearing at times. Yeah, it, and a lot comes down to what your expectations are. So, um, so it's, yes, golf's supposed to be fun, but again, how do you define fun in your own life? Uh, I, You know, some people define it as being a social event. They're out there kicking it and having a good time, and, and they don't really care about score and such. It's very hard for a professional. We talk about these tour players all the time, and and I, you think they're having fun. This is a job. They they invite the challenge. They invite the uh, pressure. Uh, Billy Jean King said that uh, pressure pressure is a privilege, uh, and for them that's fun. Um, it it is uh, it's tough, but. How, try to enjoy it as best you can, and and yeah. that makes golf very difficult at times. And the most important thing you told me, it was a couple months ago when we first started going down this venture was, and it helped a ton, he's like, in order for you from where you're starting now to where you want to get to, it's going to take a good year. Mm -hmm. And that, as difficult as it was to realize Monday when we played, helps keep some things in perspective that it truly is a process and don't expect it to just all click overnight. Well, exactly. Uh, and, and the word process is very important. So if performance uh, is important to you and that's how you measure your, your yeah. fun, uh, I can tell you from what I saw the other day, you were hitting golf shots that you were incapable of hitting a year ago and even six months ago. So some very good shots. You struggle a little bit on the greens, but it's a matter of learning to trust uh, the yeah. putting stroke uh, and and trust your ability, kind of like what Nellie Corda's coach said to her, uh, and it applies to you. You're better than you think uh, if you just trust it and allow your body to perform. 
uh, there's a reason we practice, and the re- we practice so that we can perform without a lot of internal chatter, as as um, Elliot was uh, trying yeah. to help us with. Uh, other, uh, go oh, ahead. go ahead. Well, the other thing I wanted to get to before we we run out of time here was this Player of the Year deal. Yeah. Well, I have one other quick question. I want to get uh, people have been uh, kind enough to uh, shoot us uh, some thoughts and uh, questions on the fan text line 503-250-1080. One of them was uh, going back to the professionals uh, in our current uh, state. How bad would the air quality have to be to stop a tournament Uh, in Napa? It's 170 right now. I don't know if there is PGA of America guidelines regarding uh, play if you guys have it or if it's just kind of a, a feel thing. I know uh, you're involved in the local uh, sectional PGA of uh, tournaments that go on here for the local pros. But yeah. Do you guys have guidelines on that? Well, and the guidelines are not quantified necessarily. We had a pro-am that was scheduled yesterday, a senior pro-am at Rose City, and we canceled it because of air quality. Uh, normally, cancellations uh, happen because of uh course conditions uh lightning will get people yeah. off so safety public safety so when you think in terms of air quality that's that's public safety i i have never known a certain number to be used to saying well if the air quality is x we're off the golf course although if you look at your local news they will say what's unhealthy and i would say that if you watched any of the golf uh yesterday or the last several days uh in southern california it's pretty hazy down there uh it was for uh, the players at in napa valley but yeah you can see the haze similar to what we're we're seeing i can't imagine anything being you know if it's like this still next week for the cambia i don't know what they're going to do out at columbia edgewater well no they'll have to do something or at least think about it they um they couldn't play today i i no they could not have played the last couple of days right. it is one you can barely see yeah it comes down to the the tour officials saying this is yeah. not a safe situation back to your other question uh pga so the pga of america uh has a pga player of the year award correct but it's more of a a formula than it is uh you know members of the media or the players voting there's a pga tour player of the year which is voted on by the players and oftentimes those two are different they were different last year it appears they're going to be different justin thomas uh, accumulated the most points in the formula not only did dustin johnson not win he was fifth yeah come on yeah now formulas you're a formula guy, though. You, you I am like a formula, uh, but uh, they need to go back and retool it then, especially the way things are now because the top, top players don't have to play. When it's based on points, you can accumulate points by playing, you know, several, several more events. The top players don't have to play. There's 50 events in the new season. There's normally 40-something. The top players may not play any more than a little over 20. Yeah, and the issue I have with the uh, PGA selection, not that it, I'm disappointed that it's Justin Thomas. He had a fantastic he had a great year. year. Yeah, he had three wins and and, uh, and a WGA. Of, but uh, the only three guys that even should have been con- uh, in consideration were Morikawa because he won the only major that played in the time frame, Justin Thomas and Dustin Johnson. And for me, Dustin Johnson, when he had it rolling and the way that he won and the tournaments that he won, it's not close. Well, and the PGA of America appears, they did not give uh, – 
uh, Dustin Johnson any credit for winning the tour championship. They gave it, uh, they gave those points to uh, Xander Shoffley because he was basically the low gross player. So they, they're probably looking at this tournament and saying, well, wait a minute, this was a net <laughs> tournament because Dustin Johnson started out at 10 under. I think under, he still where... had the second lowest score. Yeah. He... It's not like he was, you know, 10th in terms of scoring. Yeah, but they – so their formula includes victory points, uh, money points. Now, this is an issue that, that you are bringing up. How often do yeah. players play? And money points means that – uh, you're not if you miss a cut, you're not going to make any money. Uh, although you can come back the next week and win, so I, that's a little bit of a misconception. Yeah. You need to get I into think your the management there and have them retool that formula. Yeah, I'll talk to them like they or listen just, to me. Or just, uh, or I don't know. I'll but write a there, letter. There has to be a little bit more uh, feel and nuance to it. Because there's yeah. no way he should be fifth. They're trying not to be uh, subjective about it, and, and in doing so, they've diluted the the whole process. Yeah. Uh, I think the players know who the best player of the year is. And we totally expect to see uh, uh, Dustin Johnson win that. A lot of great golf this weekend. Thanks to Elliot Waxman for joining us. Uh, we'll be back next Saturday. U.S. Open, the Cambia Open, hopefully uh, here in Portland. Lots to discuss. Thanks to Will Darkins, as always, for Harold. I'm Jason. Hit him straight. There will be flogging. <laughs> you know how easy I yeah, am. Yeah, I know. Features <laughs> in Europe. Uh, oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. <laughs> I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.